Well, good morning, everyone. So good to have all of you. Thank you for joining us as we begin a brand new sermon series entitled, Wait For It. I don't think you could have picked a better Sunday to join us in this season because we're going to talk about something that many of us experienced in the past and all of us are experiencing it right now. In fact, for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to deal with the waiting seasons of life. And some of you, you have been waiting to say, when is our relaunch going to continue? And so just so you know, we're planning to continue our relaunch process for our Bluntstown, our Mariana and Chipley campus on August the 23rd. So just be watching social media and your emails for more details in the coming weeks. Now, here's the thing about these waiting seasons. There's something that happens in the waiting seasons that is common to all of us, and that is this. There's nothing more frustrating than when you are stuck waiting. And here's why. Because there doesn't seem to be any forward progress. I mean, if you stop and think about it, that is what has made the past few months so frustrating for all of us. Because you don't see any progress from day to day. You don't know if things are really getting better or if things are getting worse, no matter what you hear from the media or your friends, you don't know who to believe or what to believe. And the reality is, it is frustrating. See, that is the truth about a waiting season. Don't miss this. Part of the reason a waiting season is so frustrating is because waiting seasons always seem to lack hope for achieving the future that you desire. Now, Melody and I, we experienced a waiting season early on in our life. We experienced a financial hardship, a difficulty in a business that we owned. And so early on in our marriage, because of that hardship, Melody and I, we ended up living in her parents' basement for six years. We were in a waiting season for six years. Now, here's what I know. Life can't get any lower than living under the feet of your in-laws. And there were times that we thought that waiting season would never, ever end. Here's what I want to tell you today. Waiting is so hard. And see, while all of us are in a waiting season because of the COVID virus, some of you, you are experiencing also a very difficult personal waiting season as well right now. Like maybe you're in a waiting season with your career, or some of you are in a waiting season on your health to improve. Others, you are in a waiting season with your marriage or your family. Some of you, you're waiting for justice and racial reconciliation. See, the truth is all of us face waiting seasons in life. That is a fact of life. And some of the waiting seasons, they're more difficult than others. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to talk about what do you do while we wait. Now, here's what I realized. That's not what you want to hear. None of us are interested in hearing, what do you do while you wait? All you want to hear is, when and how do I get out of this waiting season? See, our attitude is, tell me when the waiting's going to be over, and then how do I get out of this whole time of having to wait? Because waiting, it feels like a waste of time to every one of us, and that's what makes it feel so frustrating. And so because of that, what happens is we all start thinking about and we start looking for other ways to get what we want out of our life because underneath all the waiting is we're frustrated and we're exhausted. And if we're really honest, we might even be a little bit angry and resentful toward God because here's the reality. 
We feel like we're waiting on God to come through in some way in this season, and he hasn't yet. And sometimes it can even feel like God has forgotten what he promised you or me. Now, here's what's interesting. And even though all of our experiences are somewhat different when it comes to waiting, we all, whenever we get caught up in a time of waiting, we all start asking some questions at some point. We'll start asking questions like, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Or God, why aren't you doing anything to make this go away? Or why are you making this go away faster? Why don't you just fix this, God? So today what we want to do is we want to look at a passage of scripture that I really think helps to answer some of those questions, but to fully appreciate what we're going to read, I want you to know a little bit of backstory. What we're going to look at today, it was written by James, the half-brother of Jesus. And just so you know, James didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God until after he died and he rose again. Now, that would make perfect sense because what would it take for your brother to convince you that he was the Son of God? Well, pretty much short, nothing short of a resurrection from the dead. But here's the thing. Once James saw Jesus raised from the dead, he believed and he became the leader of the first church in Jerusalem where he faced persecution and he eventually died a martyr's death. Now, this guy, James, he was a guy who knew a little bit about waiting and a lot about suffering. Here's a guy who experienced a good bit of pain in his life. So he has a very unique perspective on what to do when you wait. So if you've ever felt those emotions of frustration, and most of us all have in this season, and you felt any of those emotions of anger and resentment because God wasn't doing what you thought he should do when he, you know, you thought um, he should, I think you're going to find this conversation very helpful today. In fact, here's how James begins his letter. James chapter one, beginning in verse one. James a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nation's greetings. Now, you need to understand, this word scattered here, it's important to understand because you got to understand, James is writing a letter to Jewish people who believe God had promised to make them his people to allow them to possess the promised land. But over the last thousand years, they have been conquered at least 25 different times. And don't miss this. And God was silent for the past 400 years. So James is writing to Jews who are scattered all over the known world, living in countries not their own. So this dream of one nation being God's people, living in God's promised land, seems shattered to all of them. So if you'd ask them, hey, what's God doing in your life right now? They'd have been quick to tell you, he's not doing anything. He has absolutely forgotten us. He's allowed us to be in captivity over the last thousand years, 25 different times. He hasn't spoken to us for the last 400 years. He's not doing anything. He's forgotten us. You know, many of us in this season, I, I think we can relate, can't we? See, we've all had those moments when we felt if there was no evidence of God's presence or God's activity in our lives, 
whether in this season or even in previous seasons of our life. So the question is, what happens when you find yourself waiting for something and it doesn't seem like it will ever happen? What do you do? Well, James is about to tell us. He tells us this in James chapter 1, verse 2. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And I just want to go ahead and say what most of you are already thinking when you read this line, consider it pure joy. You're thinking, really, James, consider it pure joy. Nobody considers their problem pure joy. That's just absolutely crazy thinking, James. But you got to understand, he's not saying be happy that you're having to wait. He's saying be happy because within the wait, there is a great opportunity for you. The problem is while we're in the wait, we don't often see the opportunity. That's why he says you need to consider it pure joy. You have to stop and you have to pause and you have to consider what is God up to? In fact, before we go any further, let me just ask you this. Do you know why we never have this perspective of considering it pure joy when it comes to times of waiting? Because here's why. We feel entitled to a problem-free life. See, you know that life is full of problems. In fact, many of you, you, you can quote verses about it. And you'll go, yeah, Jesus said in this world you'll have tribulation. But here's the thing. When it comes down to it, you don't believe that your life should be full of problems. So when other people have problems, you're quick to kind of point out, well, that's just part of life, or we make statements to them like this, hey, hang in there, or it's going to be okay, or what doesn't kill you, it makes, your str- makes you stronger. But when you're the one struggling, when you're the one waiting, when it becomes personal, what happens is when we don't stop to consider what God is up to, what happens is you become resentful. You don't think it's fair, and you begin to blame God for letting it happen to you. But to help us understand what James is saying, when he says, consider it pure joy, let me ask you a different kind of question, and that is this, why not you? What's so special about you that God should make sure that you never have a problem or go through a season of waiting? Why should you be exempt? So don't miss this. You're never going to have the perspective James shows us of considering it pure joy as you go through trials of many kind until you accept the fact that you're not going to experience a problem-free life. But once you accept it, a whenever you face trials of many kind kind of deal for your life and not trials should never happen to me kind of deal, that's when you can begin to discover what it means to stop and consider it pure joy when you find yourself waiting on God. So again, why does James say that we should be joyful in trials of many different kinds? Well, I want you to look at verse number three. He says, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
And you might say, well, I don't think I want perseverance then if I got to go through all kinds of trials. And, and I would say, me neither. But the reality is we need perseverance. Now, here's the thing. The reason we say we don't want perseverance is we are focused on our comfort in the moment. And you need to understand that's just temporary. But God, as he allows us to go through trials and seasons of waiting, God is focused on our character. And here's why. Because it's eternal. And it's also what gets us through life well. So James says, you don't need to be happy about the problem, but be happy about the fact that every problem is an opportunity to build your character. Here's the other thing that I learned through my life experience, and I think you'll learn through your life experience, and that is this. The more difficult the waiting season, the greater the potential to build your faith. In fact, because of what Melody and I went through living in that basement for six years early on in our marriage, what we've been able to do is we've been able to look back on that experience when things get really difficult and believe with confidence that if God brought us through that very difficult season, then God can bring us through anything. Because here's what we learn. There are some lessons that can only be learned in the waiting seasons of life. Sometimes you can only grow in certain areas of your life through the storms and the struggles of life. That's why James says, hey, when you're going through the storms and the struggles and you're in a waiting season, you need to stop. You need to consider what God is up to in your life. So if you're listening today and you're in a waiting season right now, here's what you need to know. And that is this, God hasn't forgotten you. Instead, God is preparing you. And I, and I know, I know, I know it can feel like that he's forgotten you because you don't see any evidence of his presence or his activity in, in your life a lot of times because even just like the children of Israel, 400 years of God being silent. But here's the thing, that's not an indication that he's not there. It's just an indication that he's teaching you what it means to have faith that is not based on your feeling. He's teaching you the value of perseverance. Now, I just want to pause here for a moment and clarify this whole idea of perseverance. Because perseverance, it's not the idea that I grip my teeth and I hold on until it gets better. No, no, no. Perseverance, based on what James is saying, when he says, consider it pure joy. He, he's saying perseverance is endurance that is inspired by and fueled by your hope in Jesus Christ, that he's doing something, that he's accomplishing something in and through you. It doesn't mean that you're happy about the pain and the problems, but you are confident that Jesus is at work doing good in you and for you, even though you can't presently see it in your situation. Now, here's what I can tell you. There's not a more valuable character quality that you can have than that kind of joyful endurance and joyful perseverance. But I'm telling you, it's only learned in the waiting seasons of life. And some of you may be thinking, but why does waiting have to last so long? And why do the waiting seasons have to happen so often? 
And here's why. Because character development, it is a slow process. You don't develop character in a day. You don't develop perseverance in a day. You develop it by persevering day after day after day after day. So you may not see God's activity at this moment, but you need to understand something. God hasn't forgotten you. He is preparing you. He's developing you a perseverance and a joyful endurance that can only be learned when you wait. And please don't miss this. It can only be learned when you wait, considering what God is doing in the process. Now, look at what James says next in verse 4. He says, so you let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, if you really stop and think about it, this is where all of us want to end up, isn't it? I mean, we want to be mature and we want to be complete with the kind of character where there's nothing lacking and, and we really can handle anything that comes our way. The problem is, is, is we don't want to travel the road that takes us to this level of maturity and level of perfection, not lacking anything in our life. See, what happens is we want the destination of maturity complete and not lacking anything without the journey. We want the maturity not lacking anything without learning from the trials that are part of the journey. And that's why James says you have to let perseverance finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, mature and complete, it only happens through the process over time. Now, you need to understand something. This, this word finish right here is such an important word. And here's why it's such an important word. Because very few of us do this. Very few of us let perseverance finish its work. So instead of persevering, what most of us do is we opt for the shortcut. And you know, we're not the first person that we get in this season to opt for the shortcut. I mean, Abraham is a great example of a person who took a shortcut and just look at what it cost him and, and, and the generations to follow him. And so what happens is we opt for a shortcut and we make the dangerous assumption that we can create the outcome that we want to create on our own. And so we say things like this, well, I'm just tired of all this waiting. I'm tired of all these trials. So I'm going to take matters in my own hand but I want you to understand something. That road never leads to perseverance or character or joy. The reality is there are no shortcuts to maturity. Please understand this. James is telling us faith is only developed through the storms and the struggling and the suffering of life. So you have to let perseverance finish its work. And in the process... You need to remember that in spite of how you may feel, God hasn't forgotten you. He's preparing you. Don't miss that. God hasn't forgotten you when you're in the season of waiting. He loves you. He, he cares for you. God is for you. And most of all, he's preparing you to be mature and complete. So let me ask you this question. What would it look like this week 
if you chose to believe that your waiting has a purpose? What, what would it look like if you chose to believe that God is working through this season of waiting that you're in? What would your attitude, what were your actions, how would they change if you were confident that God was with you and he was working through that situation that you so desperately want to get out of? How would you start cooperating with God and what he's trying to teach you? Like, what difference would it make if you focused on him more and your problem less? In fact, some of you right now, you're so focused on trying to get out of your circumstance, this situation that you don't like, that you have not paused long enough to consider what God may be teaching you while you wait. And please don't miss what I just said there. Because the reality is you will never learn the lessons that God wants you to learn through this season of waiting if you don't pause. That's why James says, consider it. Consider it. Pause and consider what God wants to teach you while you wait so that you can have something even better than what you have right now when you come out of this trial. So here's our challenge for you this week, that, that you'll make the hard but the very valuable choice of letting God finish his work in you and start looking at this waiting season in your life, not as a waste of time, but as an opportunity to grow and develop and know God in a way that you could not and would not otherwise know him. And please don't miss that. Because I'll tell you, I almost did during the time living in the basement. See, I looked for so many ways to find a shortcut out of that basement. But luckily for me, Melody was willing to let God finish his work. And she just kept saying, we need to wait. We need to wait until God is ready for us to move out. And because we waited, and because I eventually surrendered and said, God, I'm going to consider it pure joy. I'm going to stop and consider what you're up to. And because I surrendered and began to consider and we let God finish his work in our lives for that season, when we moved out, our lives, our finances, man, they were in such a better place. And there were so many things in that season looking back that we learned about relationships, that we learned about finances, that we learned about spiritual growth, and they have served as a foundation and guiding principles for our life for almost the last 30 years. Listen, when you start looking at your waiting season of life, not as wasted time, but as an opportunity to stop and consider and grow and develop and know God in a way that you could not and would not otherwise, when that becomes your perspective, you'll discover why James says, hey, pause, consider it pure joy when you face trials. Because here's why. You'll be focused on the payoff, not the pain. See, that's the problem for most of us. We, we get focused on the pain, not the payoff. So we don't consider what God is up to. Now, next week, we're going to talk about specific practical ways that you can cooperate with what God is teaching you while you wait. But this week, 
here's what we want to challenge you to do. We just want you to take time this week to have a heart-to-heart with your Heavenly Father. And you tell him exactly how you feel. Don't censor it. Don't clean it up. Just let it out. And believe me, God can handle it because he already knows what you're feeling on the inside. So just be honest with him. But then when you're done, when you've been really honest with God, will you just pray this simple prayer every day this week? Will you just say, Heavenly Father, I know you haven't forgotten me, but I need you to encourage me. That's it. We just pray that. Heavenly Father, I know you haven't forgotten me. I I believe that you are preparing me. And it's, it's so hard to hold on to that hope right now, Heavenly Father. So will you do something to encourage me this week? Because I, I want to persevere, but I need you to build my faith. Will, will you just pray this every day this week? I think this is so important for this season because we all feel the need for encouragement. Maybe your prayer would go something like this. Heavenly Father, I know you haven't forgotten me, but I need you to encourage me because I am so tired in this battle, in this struggle. I'm so tired of waiting. Help me to wait on you. So our challenge to you is, hey, don't give up. Wait for it. God has not forgotten you. God loves you. He cares about you. In fact, he proved how much he cared for you on the cross. He knows what it's like to wait. He knows what it's like to suffer. So in this waiting season, because he's preparing you to be mature and complete, not lacking anything, will you trust him? And here's what I can promise you. If you will, he won't let you down. And in the process, what will happen is you'll discover that your faith will grow and you'll discover the joy that comes from waiting or walking through with God through the waiting seasons in life. That's what you'll discover. You'll look back and go, wow, there were so many things I learned. That's why James says, hey, will you consider it? Will you pause and consider what God is up to? So today, as we close, I want to invite you to reflect on what we've heard today through a song that's entitled, When the Fight Calls. And the course is just a great reminder that that when you are waiting, God hasn't forgotten you. Instead, he's preparing you. You feel free to sing along with us, but, or maybe just sit there and reflect. But before we do that, let me pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you, um, for this opportunity that no matter where we're at, we can be together in your name. God, all of us are experiencing a struggle now. We're experiencing a storm now. We're experiencing a season of waiting. And I pray that today we'll begin the process of us just pausing to consider to consider what you're up to in this season because most of the time what we're focused on in the season of waiting is the pain, not the possibility of what you're up to and the payoff. But help us to consider it joy, understanding that through the pain, there is a payoff that will develop in us something beyond anything we ever imagined when it came to our character, our maturity, being complete and lacking nothing in life. God, that's what we want. So during this season, 
Help us to wait for it. Help us to be willing to wait for what you want to achieve and accomplish in our lives and lean into you and focus on you and, and be reminded this week, God, you haven't forgotten us, but also to have the courage to say, but God, I know you haven't forgotten me, but I just need you to encourage me because I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I need you to encourage me. And I thank you that you will do that. And we're counting on that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, reflect with us in this song.